want to swipe right, you can see the chat. So okay. swipe right, swipe left, it goes back and forth. So I'm pretty sure people will be, you know, quoting you and I'll be in Hadith you mentioned, I'll try to put in there too. But and it will be on the replay as well. So Sheikh Shadi, you know, I'm always thankful for you. Thank you for the space and it's all yours. Alhamdulillah, thank you, man. I appreciate you uh, extending the invite, and it's always a pleasure to join you on your um, on your clubhouse, man. I, I don't oftentimes have the uh, the 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 time to do it uh, as much as I would like to, but uh, tonight you just kind of caught me at the right time, right place, and I do appreciate that, man. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu uh, alaikum, everybody. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil alamin. وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ أَشْرُفِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ So alhamdulillah, we, uh, we have talked in the past about uh, self-love. As you guys can see, this is actually part six. Um, the previous, uh, some of the previous discussions you can find on um, uh, my Anchor account, uh, Anchor, which is supported by Spotify. That's uh, it's called the Mardia Show. Uh, I'll share the link um, for this once I upload it. I'm also recording it audio, uh, and I'll share it on um, my Instagram page and Facebook page once I upload it. Also, the previous uh, discussion was um, recorded, I think, video, and you can find that on uh, my YouTube page, uh, Shadid Muhammad. And so, uh, alhamdulillah, uh, as I said before, self-love is, is such a broad topic and we can go in so many different, you know, angles talking about self-love. And I just thought that it was, you know, it's, it's been a rough Sunday for me and for uh, my community. Uh, we had a community meeting today and uh, you know, I had to hash out some things. And, you know, as a community does, uh, you know, it kind of puts you in a, you know, in a space where you're just a little uncomfortable. The mood is not great. So, you know, when you text me, I felt like this was a good opportunity to kind of uplift our spirits. I said that I need some inspiration right now. I said, yeah, let's do it, man. I, I, I need some inspiration. I need some upliftment right now. So, yeah, let's let's do it, man. Let's talk about self-love. So, uh, alhamdulillah, we're going to talk about the, um, self-love today from the perspective of finding your happy place. All right. One of the ways to practice self-love is to find your happy place and your happy place is that place that gives you calm and ease and comfort and peace. Right. That place where you can go to find your best self, where you find your best energy, you know, um, and it, it reminded me, you know, it reminded me of the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where he said, that, you know, there are three things that are beloved to me from your world. All right. And notice he said your world, your dunya, because the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't consider himself from this world, you know, and, and, and the more the closer you get to God, the closer you get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more in tune, the more in tune and in sync your spirit becomes with. You know, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The more you start to feel like I don't belong here There are times in my life Even up to this very moment Where I just, you know how you see things Or you hear things And you just, you just like 
you know, human beings can be some of the worst creatures, man, you know, and the world that we live in is just so ugly right now, you know, and it's just, it, it just makes you feel like I don't belong here. You know, I don't belong here. You look at what's going on in Ukraine. You look at what's going on in Afghanistan. You look at what's going on in Yemen. I mean, subhanAllah, in Palestine. And, you know, as a Muslim, you just, you you hurt. You, you, you sympathize. You empathize. You, you, you can feel that, you know, how can, you know, this type of injustice go on in the world amongst human beings, you know, free thinking human beings. And you just start to feel like, man, I, this this world is cursed, as the Prophet Sallallahu said. Al dunya mal'una, mal'una fi ma kull ma fiha illa al mar'atu saliha. The Prophet Sallallahu said, this world is cursed, all of it cursed. But the best commodity that you can get from this world is a righteous woman. I mean, that that within itself needs to be unpacked. I, will lie, I wish I had the time to unpack that. Um, nonetheless, um, that that healthy place, that place where you can go to find your best self, especially in a world like the one that we're living in today, which is just saturated with injustice on so many different levels. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, حُبِّبَ إِلَيَّ مِن دُنْيَاكُمْ Beloved to me from your world, from your dunya. This is your world, right? And I keep stopping at that point because the Prophet ﷺ was within and without. And we have to learn how to be that. We have to learn how to be within and without. I am a part of the world, but I am not a part of the world, right? You know, I'm here, you know, to do what I'm here to do, but I don't belong here. You know, the Prophet ﷺ said, A dunya sijnu mu'min wa jannatu kafir. That this 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 dunya, this world is a is a prison for those who believe. It's a prison. Not in relation to the things that you can't do, because that that's not what where the prison is. The prison is not, oh, this is haram or that is haram or this is haram and you can't do that as a Muslim. You can't. That's not a prison because as a Muslim, you actually are grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made these things prohibited because the thing, everything that Allah made prohibited is something that is detrimental to the soul and to the journey of the soul in this life. He didn't make them prohibited just for the sake of prohibiting them. But there are there's a benefit for our uh, the the journey of our soul in this dunya, and so the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned in another hadith he said kun fi dunya ka uh, uh, ka uh, you know be in this world as if you are a stranger or or you just passing through you know I'm just here you know serve my time and then to move on and transition into the next world you know. The Prophet ﷺ in his last moments, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Angel Jibreel to give him an offer. You know, you can either stay or you can go. And the Prophet ﷺ said, al-a'la. This was his these were his last words. No, I want the highest companionship. I want to go. And you ask yourself right now, you know, if you had the option to stay or go, you know. What would you choose? And there's some people who would choose to stay because they feel like, you know, I still haven't done this. I haven't checked off all of these things on my bucket list. There's still a lot of things that I want to do in the world. And then there are those of us who are like, please, Allah, take me, take me, take me, please. 
I'm done with this world, done with this dunya, man. It's just, you know, so the Prophet ﷺ was within and without. He was not a part of this world. But for the time that he was here, he had to do what he had to do. You know, the Prophet ﷺ would sleep one time on, on, the, on the ground. Uh, you know, he didn't, you know, they didn't have, you know, these old Bedouins, they didn't have beds, they didn't have mattresses, right? They slept on a bed of leaves, date palm leaves. And so the Prophet ﷺ was asleep one time and, you know, uh, he's sleeping on top of date palm leaves and it left an imprint on his face. When he sat up, Umar could see the imprint from the date palm leaves on the Prophet's face. And Umar says to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Subhanallah, I've wafatu ala muluki dunya. I have seen some of the kings of this world. Wafatu ala najashi. I've seen najashi. I've been to najashi's kingdom. Wa qaisara wa kisra. And I've seen Caesar. And I've seen, you know, kisra. I've seen, you know, Heraclius. I've seen, you know, or Hercules. I've seen, you know, Caesar. I've I've seen these kings and how they live. And O Messenger of Allah, Wallahi, you are better than all of them. Why don't we supplicate to Allah? Nad'Allah, supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you your share of this dunya. And the Prophet ﷺ, he turns to Umar and he says, Ya Umar, Mali Wali Dunyakum. What do I have to do with your dunya, your world? This is your world. This is not my world. I don't belong here. I'm just having this. Human experience. <laughs> I'm a spiritual creature having this human experience, but I don't belong here. Mali wali dunyakum. What do I have to do with your dunya? Don't supplicate for me. I don't want a, a bed. I don't. I don't want a you know canopy. I don't. I don't want all of the riches and the luxury and the opulence of, that the world has to offer. I don't care about that stuff. I'm here for a mission. I'm here for a journey, and that's it. So when the Prophet ﷺ said, Beloved to me from your world are three things. Pay attention to this. Three things. We're talking about finding your happy space, your happy place, that place that gives you calm, that place that gives you peace, that place that gives you comfort, that place that gives you ease in your life. Peace, a place where you can go and find your best self. And he said, these three things are a thieb, you know, good smelling fragrance. The Prophet ﷺ, anytime he was offered, you know, thieb, anytime he was offered a good fragrance, a good smell, he would never deny. You know, he would never deny it. He, he loved good fragrances. Great, and believe it or not, certain fragrances bring about certain feelings and certain emotions. You know, like if you smell an orange or you smell a lemon, you smell, you know, Coffee, you smell coffee beans that kind of clears, you know, all of the fragrances out of your system so that you can actually smell. You go to, you know, purchase perfume or cologne. They'll usually have a bag with, you know, um, some some coffee beans in it. So after you smell one perfume or you smell one uh, cologne, you sniff the coffee bag. It clears your your, your sinuses. It clears the, the smell out of you, out of your system, and you can start fresh again. You know, this is just the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, but good smelling fragrance. Then he said, when Nisa and women... Obviously, when the Prophet ﷺ said that he loves women, he's talking about his wives, right? 
Not just talking about a man who has no restrictions, no self-discipline, and he just loved women. No, he loved his wives, right? How do you think when this narration got back to his wives, how do you think that made them feel? Obviously, you know, validated, important. He said, three things are beloved to me from your world. Good smelling fragrance, women, i.e. my wives. And that's the point here. He said, and the pleasure of my eye is in the prayer. There's no place in this world that I find pleasure. I find peace. I find calm. I find ease. I find comfort. Like when I say Allahu Akbar and I enter into my salah. When you enter into salah, you enter into another zone. As we say, you are zoned out. You go into a different zone. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is important. That is my place of zen. That is my place of peace. That is my place of comfort. And the pleasure of my eye, this is the Arabic metaphor, right? For peace and, and comfort and happiness and joy. We say, you know, uh, the dua in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا And those who supplicate, رَبَّنَا, O our Lord, هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا Give us from our wives and from our children those who will be قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ The pleasure of our eyes. When your eyes are pleased, that means that there's a sense of joy that that you experience. And notice in the ayat, they said, make from some of our wives and children, because not all of your wives and not all of your children are going to be the pleasure of your eye. But make some of them, you know, make some of them, at least one or two or three of my children, you know, make them the pleasure of my eye. It's 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 tawadur, it's humility, because to ask that all of your wives or all of your children become the pleasure of your eye is unrealistic. That's that's not even going to happen. I mean, prophets and messengers lost their own children, right? Prophet Nuh salam watched his own son drowned right in front of him. You know, Prophet Lut salam lost his own wife right in front of him. You know, so it's it's unrealistic to believe that all of our spouses and all of you know our children are going to be the pleasure of our eyes. But we supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa taala to at least make some of them, some of them, part of my joy and my pleasure. But but the point that I'm making is that the Prophet وسلم, he said that the salat is my place of happiness. That's my place of joy. That's my place of peace. That's my place of comfort. Right? And you can find the Prophet وسلم, it's too many hadith to mention, you know, too many examples to mention of the Prophet وسلم, spending time in the salat. You you look at his his poise while he's praying. You know, Aisha said that the Prophet ﷺ, he would stand up to pray and we would say he's not going to stop praying. Almost as if he's going to continue praying forever. He's never going to stop. And then she said sometimes he would not make salat, meaning his sunnah prayers or get up at night and pray until we said he's probably not going to pray. You know, there was a balance there. 
But, you know, even when he was in the prayer, he told the guy who, you know, um, the hadith of the guy who prayed badly, you know, hadith salah, salatihi, the, the fam famous hadith of the man who walked into the masjid and he gave, uh, he prayed to rak'ah and then he walked over to the Prophet sallallahu and gave him salam. And the Prophet sallallahu returned the salam and told him, go back and pray because you didn't pray. And so the man goes back and he prays again and he comes back and gives the Prophet salam. The Prophet returns the salam and tell him, Go back and pray again because you didn't pray. And this happened three times. And then the fourth time the man said, you know, I swear by the one who sent you with the truth. I don't know how to pray any better than you've seen me praying. Teach me how to pray. And the Prophet wasallam goes through the salat detail for detail in that hadith. And the point that the Prophet ﷺ is focusing on that the man was missing was the tamatnina, you know, the, the tranquility in the prayer. The, 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 the mistake that the man was making is that he was rushing through his prayer quickly, pecking like a bird, you know, in his sujood and moving very quickly. You know, sometimes you pray behind the imam and you haven't even finished al-fatiha and he's Allahu Akbar going into the court and you're like, man, like, what are you reciting? Literally, what are you reciting, man? Like, to move that fast through your salah. I mean, the sahaba would probably consider us hypocrites the way that we move through our salat so quickly. SubhanAllah. And... Uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, stand in qiyam hatta tatma'inna, qa'ima. Stand in qiyam until you are in a place of tranquility, peace. He said, then go into ruku' farqa' hatta tatma'inna raki'an. And then go into ruku' until your, your bones are rested, right? This is your place of happiness. This is your place of Peace, this is your place of comfort, this is your place of calm, this is your place of ease. You don't when when this is a place where you find contentment and joy and happiness, you don't move quickly through that because you're in your zone, you in your space. You guys follow me? When you when you're in your space, you don't want to move quickly through that because it's important. This is where you're drawing your energy from, this is where you're finding your best self. You are performing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're making salat. You're standing in front of Rabbul Alameen, Lord of everything that exists. He is the one who oversees you while you are standing. This is the literal translation of the ayah in the Quran. Meaning as you move through the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that is watching over you. So when you stand for the salat, there's, you know, you're performing. It's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, pray. Let me see you pray. And you go, Allahu Akbar. And you're going through your salat and you're showing Allah. You're saying to Allah, okay, God, watch me. I'm, I'm praying for you. Look at me. Watch me while I'm praying. I'm performing for you. I'm, I'm performing the salat for you. This is your one time to get it right. Which is why the Prophet Sallallahu used to say, Sallu Salatun Pray as if this is your last Salat. Every single Salat should be prayed as if it's your last, because it could be your last. And so you could find the Prophet Sallallahu spending so much of his time in the Salat. On one occasion when the Prophet Sallallahu was sick, 
uh, Ubaidullah ibn Abdullah ibn Utbah, he said, دَخَلْتُ عَلَىٰ عَائِشَةَ فَقُلْتُ أَلَىٰ تُحَدِّثِينِ عَنْ مَرْضِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم قالت بلا um, Ubaidullah ibn Abdullah ibn Utbah, he said that I, I, I entered upon Aisha one day, um, this was after the Prophet sallallahu death, and you know, Aisha, she, you know, um, the Prophet sallallahu spent his last days with her, so this gave her, you know, a place of prestige, a place, place of status, because all of the Sahaba didn't have access to the Prophet sallallahu for those days, all right, because he's in Aisha's house, and she's there with him, so all of what we know of what transpired with the Prophet ﷺ in his last days, we get that from Aisha. And the Prophet ﷺ did that purposely. In his last days when he was sick, um, he used to go in and out of consciousness. And he always would ask when he regained consciousness, Aina ana ghadan, where, where am I tomorrow? Whose house am I at tomorrow? And this is, you know, for a man who was in polygyny, a man who has multiple wives, he understands that, you know, you have to constantly be mindful of, you know, where you're at tomorrow, whose night it is. And there's an, 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 uh, an additional uh, sense of awareness that a man in polygyny has, uh, unlike a man that is not in polygyny, you know, and only the men who've, you know, experienced that or are in that would understand how that works. So the Prophet ﷺ regains consciousness and he says, Aina ana ghadan, where am I tomorrow? Whose house am I at tomorrow? And his wives understood what he was trying to do. He's trying to calculate how many days before it's Aisha's day. And so when his wives understood what he wanted, meaning he wanted to spend his remaining days in Aisha's house, they gave him that permission, you know, unlike a man in polygyny who decides, well, I'm going to spend the night over this wife's house or I'm going to stay over here. Like you don't have that. That's the woman's hop. That's her haq. And a man does not have the sole authority to decide, you know, how he's going or where he's going to spend his night. That belongs to her. So the wives, they told the Prophet ﷺ, we give you permission. Go spend the rest of your nights at Aisha's house. And so Aisha, uh, Ubaidullah ibn Abdullah ibn Utbah, he said, I, I asked Aisha, Tell me, tell me about the sickness of the Prophet ﷺ. That time when he was sick and you spent so much time with him. Tell us about that. And Aisha said, sure, no problem. She said, ثَقَلَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَقَالَ أَصَلَّ النَّاسِ قُلْنَا لَا لَا هُمْ يَنْتَظِرُونَكَ فَقَالَ ضَعُوا لِي مَاءً فِي مِخْضَبْ قَالَتْ فَفَعَلْنَا فَاغْتَسَلَ فَذَهَبَ لِيَنُوءَ Aisha said that the Prophet ﷺ, his sickness during that time was very intense. It was intense. She said the Prophet ﷺ, he woke up one day from sleep and he asked, did the people pray yet? He's concerned about Salat. He said, did the people pray yet? Aisha said, no, they're waiting for you to come out and lead the Salat. The Prophet ﷺ said, okay, pour some water for me in, in the bucket. And so Aisha said, so we poured the water in the bucket for him to make wudu, and he makes wudu. And then he gets up and he starts to walk towards the musalla. But as he's walking, he passes out. He falls. He passes out. I mean, this is the messenger of Allah ﷺ on his way to the musalla, and he just loses consciousness. He passes out. And then he regains consciousness. And he asked Aisha again, did the people pray? And Aisha said, no, they're waiting for you. He said, okay, pour me some water. All right. And 
poured him water. He made wudu. And this happened three times. He lost consciousness three times on his way to the, the musalla because he's on his way to his place of peace, on his way to his place of comfort, his place of ease, his place of joy, his place of satisfaction. And he keeps making efforts to get there. Pay attention to this. He's making an effort to get there, even though there are some challenges that he's experiencing. And we got to all find our way to that place. We have to find our way to that place. And so after the third time, the Prophet ﷺ realized that he wasn't going to make it to the Musalla. So the Prophet ﷺ, he sent for Abu Bakr. He sent for Abu Bakr. And he told Abu Bakr, Salli bin Nas, pray with the people. So as Abu Bakr is going to pray, and as Aisha said, Kana Abu Bakr rajulun, rajulun, Raqiq, Raqiq al-Qalb, that Abu Bakr was a man that had a very soft heart and he cries a lot when he hears the Qur'an. That's his place of, of, of comfort. When he hears the Qur'an, he cries so much. So much so that Aisha tells the Prophet ﷺ, let Umar lead the Salat. Not even her own father. Let Umar lead the Salat because when Abu Bakr leads the Salat, the people can't hear the Qur'an because he's crying. SubhanAllah. He's crying so much in the Salat that the people can't even understand the Qur'an, can't enjoy the Qur'an. That's Abu Bakr's place of comfort. The recitation of the Qur'an. SubhanAllah, man. So Abu Bakr goes to Umar and he says to Umar, Salli bin Nas, pray, pray with the people. And Umar says to Abu Bakr, Anta ahakku bidharika. You have more right to lead the people in the Salat. You pray with the people. And Abu Bakr began making the Salat or leading the people in the Salat for those last few days. And it reminds me of a statement that one of the scholars, uh, he mentioned. He said, Try to find your heart in three places. And I'll end with this. Try to find your heart in three places. What does he mean when he says, Find your heart in three places. Meaning, those three places where your heart is receptive. Those places where your heart finds the most joy, the most comfort, the most ease, the most peace. Find those places. Find There's three places that you should try to find your heart in. One of them, is when you are sitting in the circles of knowledge. Wallahi, I remember being in Medina and we're sitting at the feet of Sheikh Abdul Muhsin al Abad. And it's, I mean, you could see students of knowledge sitting for as far as your eye can see. As far as the eye can see in the Prophet's Masjid, one of the most peaceful places that you can learn your religion. Man, subhanAllah, just talking about this takes me back to that place. Sometimes reflection is that place where you sit back and you ponder and you reflect, right? As Ibn Qayyim he said, "Amilna al-qulub bit-tafakkur, fa'awrathna at-tadakkur." That we, you know, we used to use reflection to bring about contemplation, and contemplation and reflection brought about inspiration to the heart. 
For indeed, the heart has ears and the heart has eyes. For in the lilkulub the heart has ears and eyes. So some for some people, reflecting, just sitting back, just grabbing a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, and just sitting in silence is your place of peace. It's your place of joy. It's, you know, just a few moments. You know, just those few moments of your life. You know, find your heart in three places. Number one, in the circles of knowledge. Where knowledge is being distributed, where knowledge is being taught, where knowledge is being given out and you're sitting and you're listening and you're finding that your heart is moved, is motivated, is inspired by the words that you're hearing. He said, and try to find your heart when the Quran is being recited. Obviously, there's some people who are motivated by the mere recitation of Quran, how beautiful it is. And then there's some who are motivated by the recitation of the Quran, but also the words, the meaning that they are receiving when they hear the Quran being recited. But you find your heart motivated. You find your heart inspired in that, in that space when the Quran is being recited. The Prophet وسلم, he said to one of the Sahaba, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, Iqra alayya al-Quran, read the Quran to me. And Ibn Mas'ud said, Am I to read the Qur'an to you when you are the one who the Qur'an was revealed to? I mean, subhanAllah, what a request. You're asking me to read the Qur'an to you and you are the one the Qur'an was revealed to? How, how, how could I? And the Prophet said, I like to hear the Qur'an being recited by other than me. And, and most people are like that. I personally, I hate the sound of my voice when I'm reciting the Quran, you know, but my wife might think otherwise. And, and other people might feel the same way. But the Prophet said, I love to hear other people recite it. It doesn't matter who's reciting the Quran, whether me or someone else. I just find that my heart is touched, is motivated in that moment when I'm hearing the Quran. And so. Uh, he started to recite from Surah to uh, Baqarah, and then he recited a little bit from Surah Ali Imran, and then he recited from Surah to uh, Nisa, Surah number four. And then he came to a verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, talking to the Prophet sallallahu himself, it's like when the Prophet sallallahu is listening to someone else recite the Quran, is as if he's listening to someone else tell him what Allah is telling him to do. <laughs> SubhanAllah, for him, it was very unique. You know, it's like, read to me what God is telling me to do. <laughs> and so if the person is reading the Quran to him, it's like basically God is saying to you, oh, Muhammad, to do this or to say this or do this or say that. So it's like, you know, SubhanAllah, it's, it's an additional, it's an additional, you know, um, benefit for him. Because the Quran was revealed to him. But Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he came across an ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا مِنْ كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ بِشَهِيدٍ وَجِئْنَاكَ عَلَى هَأُولَى بِشَهِيدًا And how will it be when we, bring, when we bring for every nation a witness and we bring you, O Muhammad, as a witness over all nations? And in that moment, the Prophet sallallahu starts crying. Boohooin, he's crying. And he tells Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Qif, Qif, stop, 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 no more, stop. 
And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, I looked at the face of the Prophet sallallahu and all I saw was tears running down his face. SubhanAllah, man. He tells him, most, stop, stop. All right, enough, enough. It's too, too much, man, too much to handle. But in that moment, it was that place of peace, that place of comfort, that place of you know, healing, that place of joy. And part of self-love is finding that for yourself and learning how to get there when you're when you're troubled, when your heart is troubled, when your soul is troubled, when the world around you is collapsing and you need to escape. It's your escape room. It's your way to get out of the world that you are actually a part of. If I'm making any sense. And the last place that you should try to find your heart is in the khalwa. When you are alone by yourself. Try to find your heart in three places. Number one, in the circles of knowledge, when you're sitting, listening to a scholar, listen to an imam, listen to someone giving out some great information, beneficial information. Number two, when you are reading the Quran or you're hearing the Quran being recited, try to find yourself present in that moment. And number three, when you are alone by yourself. And unfortunately, in today's time, there are a lot of lonely people. Wallah I can tell you that there is no greater treasure in this world than being married. So for those of you who are listening, who are single, who you put your keys in your door at night and you go in, you lock your door, you turn your TV on because you just need some noise in the house because you're home alone, you're by yourself. That joint is nothing cool about that. I promise you. It looks good on social media. It may even sound like you got all your stuff together when you say, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I ain't about that marriage life. You know, I tried it. I ain't with it. Blah, blah, blah. It sound good on paper. But I promise you, there is nothing that is greater than coming home to a face or faces of a wife or a husband and children who actually enjoy your presence. Who are actually happy to see you. And for some people, maybe that's their place of happiness. That's their place of joy. I know for me as a husband, that is my place of joy. When I leave work, I am rushing home. I can't wait to get home. Because that's the one place in this world where I feel safe. I'm safe. I don't have to put on a facade. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to put on any armor. I ain't got to armor up walking through the door because you're married to somebody who's toxic. You know, I can put I can put off, put my I can take off my cape at the door and just walk through, you know, as Bruce Banner, not the Hulk. Right. Very important. Try to find yourself when you are alone, you know, some alone time. And we all we all need that alone time, you know, but not forever, <laughs> not perpetually, you know. I, I travel, I go to a hotel. I'm at a hotel for two days and I'm sick. I'm ready to go home because I ain't signed up for this. I got married, so I never had to sleep in the bed alone. I didn't sign up to be traveling and going to a hotel and checking in and, you know, and although, you know, we need that from time to time, just some alone time, but not all the time, you know, there's limits to that. 
But at the end of that quote, he says, He said that if you can't find your heart in one of these three places, then just ask Allah to give you another heart because you don't have one. If you can't manage to find your heart as a Muslim, as a believer, if you can't manage to find that your heart is receptive, in any one of these three places, then there's a strong possibility that your heart is dead and you probably need to just ask Allah to give you another heart. A dead heart is a heart that is unresponsive. And I'm not talking about physically dead. I'm talking about spiritually dead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, It is not the eyes that go blind but the hearts that are in the chest. You can see physically with your eyes, but if your heart is tainted with sin and disobedience and you know all of the other amrad al-qulub, all of the other you know diseases of the heart, you can't see straight, meaning spiritually. You can see physically. Allah said it's not the eyes that go blind, it's the heart that is in the chest. A dead heart, man, is a heart that is unresponsive. Allah says in the Quran, "Inna fi dharika la dhikra liman kana lahu qalb aw al-qasma' wa huwa shahid." Indeed, in this Quran is a reminder, "Liman kana lahu qalb," for the person who has a responsive heart, aw al-qasma' wa huwa shahid, or he is listening attentively while. He bears witness to what he hears. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was asked, how did you reach this level? Abdullah ibn Abbas was asked, how did you reach this level of knowledge that you got, that you received? He said, He said, by having a receptive heart and an inquisitive tongue. A receptive heart and an inquisitive tongue. I asked a lot of questions, but I also retained and digested the information that was given to us. That's what set me apart from everybody else. I had a receptive heart and I had an inquisitive tongue. And with those two things, you can achieve greatness. Uh, and so this is, you know, another aspect of self-love. I pray that, you know, there was some benefit in it. You got to, you know, if you love yourself enough, then you have to take time out for yourself. You have to create this space of joy, pleasure, comfort, calm, ease that you can go to periodically when you need to escape from the world. Whether that is, you know, just some time alone, whether that is just some time you know, in the Quran, whether that is sitting, listening to a lecture, whether that is making takbir and entering into your salah, whatever it is, you have to find it. And it works differently for everybody. Everybody is different. For me, my place of peace, my place of comfort is when I grab a pen and I grab a notebook and I grab a seat somewhere. I'm lost. It's cathartic for me. Writing. <laughs> Writing is my place of peace. It's where I find myself. 
It's like me, me writing on paper. It's like me talking to myself. I'm verbally sparring with myself. Should I say this? No, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that instead. And you look back at the sentence and you're like, yeah, that's great. Let me move on to the next sentence. It's very powerful, very cathartic, very therapeutic for me. I can't speak for everybody else, but that's where I find my place. But you have to find your place. And when you have when you're in trouble, your heart is troubled, your soul is troubled. Get to that place. Escape. Get to that place. And that is a sign that you love yourself. That is a sign that you have self-love. And with that, I'll stop here. I got a few minutes for questions and answer, maybe one or two questions, inshallah. Mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. Sheikh Shadi's going to take a few questions. I think the hand raising is up right now. I'll bring you up. Uh, we're over two hundred messages in the uh, in the uh, in the um, the chat. So so many gems is there. I mean, if you guys don't know about the chat, all you do is got to swipe right or just tap the chat at the bottom left. But if you want to come up, come on up. I'll raise you up. Um, and Sheikh Shadi is going to take a few questions from you, inshallah. And uh, please, please, uh, please have your question prepared and make sure it is it's clear so we can move forward, inshallah, because it, it is getting late for us. So inshallah, tafadul inshallah, if you want to come up, then all you do is have to raise your hand up. Anybody got any questions? Come on up. We'll bring you up here right now, inshallah. Bismillah. Um, Achi, uh, Achi, uh, Cubans. Please put your microphone to Sheikh Sadi. Alhamdulillah. Brother, I met you um, some years ago in Patterson in Masha and Sarasuna. Um, I had bought a book from you and someone actually took the book from me and I was wanting to know, do you have a, um, a site I can go to if you have any books you've written that I can order the book? Uh, it was about your early, your early life and how you came into the dean. Uh, you're talking about um, he came pr- to perfect moral character. Yes, we have that book in yes. stock. You can go to our website. Uh, com, and you can purchase the book directly from the site. Some of you guys I'm trying to bring up a slight glitch because the chat is going crazy right now, but uh, Sister Yvette, I am trying to bring you up. Uh, I did send you an invite if you just want to accept the invite. I know your hand was raised and a little delay. We'll, we'll, we'll use uh, Sister Yvette as the last question, inshallah. Anybody else, you can raise your hand and uh, we're all going to take one question after this, inshallah. But the chat is there. We're over 200 messages, getting close to 250 at this point. And uh, assalamu alaikum, Sister Yvette. Please put your question forward for Sheikh Shadid, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. It was just a quick question because I know that as a um, a mother and you have a lot of children and you're trying to find that place of peace you know in your home 
where you can just escape. Um, I was just wondering what, what, I mean, I know you guys have a lot of kids, so what do you do? Do you go to the masjid and, and escape, or do you find a place that's in your home that's away from your wife and kids in order to com- contemplate when you can? That's that's good. That's a good question. Um, uh, for me, um, it might be I, I have um, incremental moments like I don't have a long stretch because it's usually interrupted by either a phone call, text message, email, kids, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm sure, you know, mothers, they experience the same thing. Um, so it's it's incremental. You don't you don't get a long stretch. So you got to take it wherever you can get it. So it could be, for example, um, just before I jumped on, I had to run to the grocery store and my wife decided to go in this time and let me sit in the car and just, you know, for that 10, 15 minutes that I'm sitting in the car and I can just look out the window, zone out for a moment. You know, um, I have my moments, you know, it just that little 10 minutes, 15 minutes out. That was what I needed in that moment. You know, um, in the morning, I might run out to go, you know, while everybody is still asleep, I'm up. You know, I'm usually after Salat al-Fajr, I'm, I'm up. I don't usually go back to sleep and I'll, you know, get dressed and, you know, I mean, like fully dressed, shower, dress, everything. My wife is always like, you know, where in the world are you going? I'm like, I'm going to get some coffee. She's like that. You getting fully dressed? <laughs> yes, because that's cathartic for me. That, that you know, showering, you know, lotion yourself, getting your, you know, prepping yourself, getting yourself ready for the day. That within itself, you know, is that moment that I need, you know, and for other people, it, it might be different. You know what I mean? Other people's lives are structured a little different. You know, I'm, I might run out to go grab my coffee and, you know, one of my sons might say, oh, can I ride? Nope, nope. This is my time. I'm going to go grab me some coffee. I'm going to sit in my car for a minute. You know, I'm going to scroll through Instagram for a little bit and, you know, I'm just zone out for a little bit and then I'll be back, you know, and that's all I need. And, you know, and possibly because part of me, I'm introverted. So as as an introvert for for my fellow introverts, then, you know, this we're, we're within and without, you know, you, you need to withdraw for a little bit, you know, build up that energy and then you're ready to engage, you know, and sometimes I just I tap out. You know, I could be in the middle of a conversation and her brother can be talking and I'll be like, if I say mashallah like two or three times, I zoned out, man. I'm like, mashallah. Or really, mashallah. I, I'm I'm gone. I'm there physically, but I done zoned out, man. You know, so I, it for me, it's no long stretch of time. I have to take it where I can get it. You know, and I mean, it works different for everybody, you know, for everybody else. You know, I don't necessarily have like whole days. I don't necessarily need an entire day to myself. I don't necessarily need that. Uh, I just need moments. It's just like taking the whole day off for Jumwa at work. I don't need the whole day off for work. I just need that hour and a half, depending on how long the khatib is going to give the khutbah, right? If it's Shadid Muhammad, he's 45 minutes to an hour. So I need an hour and a half for Jumwa and I'm back to work. I don't need the whole day off, you know? And that's just for me. I can't speak for everybody else, you know? Makes sense. Thank you, Jeff. Mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. I think that's it. Um, we want to thank Sheikh Shadid. Uh, we did this right under an hour. Everything is going to be on a replay. Chat is here. Um, of course, we're right at 250, which is a lot of interaction 
for a room that's had about an hour. I was on a room earlier today. I think it was going for three hours, and they only had like 150 messages. So that says a lot to the content that's being delivered, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. I appreciate it, uh, Sheikh Hanif, as always, man. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. You're doing some great work here by, you know, um, organizing this and bringing different people on and having these conversations. As I said before, I wish I, I, wish I could engage a little bit more. Uh, and uh, I, as we get closer to Ramadan, hopefully we can, you know, kind of take some, some moments out to, you know, during Ramadan to do some. I don't know if you have a Ramadan program set up. Uh, but I think it would be a good idea to kind of, uh, you know, kind of bring different scholars on and different imams on to, you know, share little jewels in Ramadan here and there, you know. Yeah, mashallah, uh, we do have that. I want to include you and that I also want to include. Uh, I've been meaning to tell Sheikh Abu Farid down there about uh, Abu Sajid and, uh, and Ali Davis as well. Also, um, since we're here now, I, ca- I can't, I-, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge the fact that we are in the last what uh, what we're talking about 27 hours of of, of black history month um, <laughs> we want sure, to make sure we want to make sure that we all are contributing everybody heard my lecture a few uh, week uh, a week ago we all want to make sure that we are contributing to Masjid Roda which is a black masjid when I say black masjid it's for all of us but it's a black masjid ran by obviously Sheikh Shadid. Um, I don't Sheikh Shadid. You still have that uh, the contact and stuff in your bio? Yeah, yeah. You can you can look in my bio. Uh, I would prefer that you use the the cash app for right now. Our cash app is uh, roll the masjid. The cash app sign. Uh, you can you know you can donate whatever you like. May Allah subhanahu wa taala reward you and uh, place it in your scales of good. Uh, and uh, we will definitely be using that to purchase a facility inshallah so make sure before Sheikh Jadid leaves because he's getting ready to leave here momentarily let's make sure we put something in there for the sake of Allah um, very very important and I know we have a bunch of things that we're doing and our money is going all over the place with Palestine and Ukraine and all of these things please make sure that you are contributing to Masjid inshallah and we can do that before Sheikh Shadid uh, goes off here in a few minutes. So just make sure you're donating to that. The Sheikh did not ask me to, he never asked me to do this, but it's just something that I just want to do just so we make sure that we're supporting um, our grassroots mas- uh, masajid, inshallah. So please, uh, please donate, inshallah. And let's get into the habit of not only doing this during Ramadan, throughout the entire year. Absolutely. Um, because, because during Ramadan, we're still going to do it, but this is a good time to do it now, too. Okay, inshallah ta'ala, uh, I'll leave you guys uh, in peace. Alhamdulillah, jazakumallahu khairan, wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salama taslima kithira, wa subhanaka rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun, wa salamun ala al-mursaleen, wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sheikh Shadid. So that's Sheikh Shadid, we, we completed our, uh, our sixth our sixth part of this of this incredible self love series.